Hi everyone, my name is Shivani and you're listening to The Lens Pod. We're a medical student-run podcast discussing all things ophthalmology. We also have a corresponding weekly newsletter where we summarize recent research in the field. If you want to learn more, be sure to stick around to the end of this episode for more information. Today is July 26, 2023. A retrospective study reveals demographic risk factors for open globe injuries that require surgical repair and lead to worse visual outcomes. Mapping of access to laser eye surgery in five Midwest states did not reveal shorter travel times despite expansion of surgical privileges to optometrists. Twice daily pilocarpine for presbyopia treatment showed greater improvement in distance corrected near visual acuity compared to once daily dosing. Inhibition of CD11B, a component of the complement system, may provide a neuroprotective effect in optic nerve injury. Our first article this week comes from Ophthalmology, Through the Looking Glass, Unveiling the Harsh Realities of Ocular Trauma. Who bears the burden of blindness in ocular trauma and open globe injuries? Ocular trauma is a significant cause of blindness worldwide. Open globe injuries are severe injuries that often require surgery and result in permanent visual impairment. Given that most open globe injuries are preventable, identifying populations at risk for these injuries can help identify where prevention strategies should be implemented. This retrospective study used the Intelligent Research Insight Registry to estimate the incidence of open globe injuries requiring surgical repair. They evaluated demographic risk factors and visual acuity outcomes. 13,766 cases were identified between 2014 and 2018 with a five-year cumulative incidence of 28 per 100,000 patients. Open globe repair had a greater association with male sex, odds ratio 2 points. It also had a stronger association with ages 21 to 40 versus younger than 21 years, odds ratio 1.6. Other factors associated with injuries were black race, Hispanic ethnicity, and southern and western geographic regions compared to the Midwest. Visual acuity outcomes in a subset of patients showed that vision impairment worse than 2040 at the last follow-up was associated with visual acuity of 2200 or worse at presentation in older patients and in black patients. These findings highlight racial disparities in open globe repairs and poor visual outcomes that warrant further analysis. Our next article is from JAMA Ophthalmology. Need laser eye surgery? Who is closer, ophthalmologists or optometrists? How far is too far? Laser eye surgeries, such as iridotomy, trabeculoplasty, and YAG capsulotomy have been performed by ophthalmologists for decades to treat multiple ocular pathologies. However, recent legislation in several states now allow optometrists to perform these procedures. 
the intent of this legislation was to increase access to healthcare. So, did it work? This study aimed to assess the changes in travel time and proximity to optometrists compared to ophthalmologists among Medicare recipients. This retrospective cohort database study utilized Medicare Part B data for patients requiring laser eye treatment in Oklahoma, Kentucky, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Missouri. They compared it to geographic and traffic data. Ophthalmologists were accessible with shorter travel times compared to optometrists performing YAG capsulotomies in Kentucky, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. Optometrists were found closer only in Louisiana. Missouri did not have any optometrists performing this procedure. Within a 30-minute drive, less than 5% of the population had optometrists closer than ophthalmologists for all laser eye surgeries. Oklahoma had slightly higher rates of optometrist access for YAG capsulotomy and trabeculoplasty. While travel time alone is not an indicator for healthcare access, this study shows that even with changes in legislation, a majority of the population is still closer to ophthalmologists than optometrists. Further studies should focus on the quality of care received by patients and future health outcomes. Our third article this week is from the American Journal of Ophthalmology. Twice the drops, twice the vision. Efficacy of twice-daily pilocarpine for presbyopia. Could two drops be better than one? Presbyopia is a common age-related condition that affects the lens ability to focus on near objects. It often manifests in the mid to late 40s. Pilocarpine, a muscarinic agonist, turned heads in 2021 when it emerged as a viable option to improve near vision. It works by constricting the pupil and relaxing the ciliary body. Prior studies demonstrated the efficacy of pilocarpine 1.25% once daily for this purpose. But the question remains if certain patients could benefit from twice daily dosing. Researchers in this phase three randomized controlled and double masked study sought the answer to this question. They examined 230 participants. 114 were assigned to pilocarpine twice daily and 116 were assigned to a vehicle. Patients were evaluated for their distance corrected near visual acuity and adverse events. The results showed a significant improvement in distance corrected near visual acuity of at least three lines without showing significant compromise to distance acuity. The treatment group showed a between-treatment difference of 27.3%. While some adverse effects were reported, most commonly headache, none were serious or severe. The safety profile of twice-daily dosing was consistent with that of once-daily dosing. While the results of this study support the efficacy and safety of pilocarpine 1.25% twice-daily for improving near-visual acuity in presbyopia, Further research is needed to assess its impact on distance and intermediate vision during daily tasks. Our last article is from Investigative Ophthalmology and Visual Science. 
CD11B loss improves optic nerve repair via enhanced microglial activity. Cleanup on aisle 12, microglia coming through. Traumatic optic neuropathy causes vision loss due to damage of retinal cell axons in optic nerve injury. Phagocytosis of cellular debris by microglia is an essential step in the healing response to this damage. CD11B is a component of the complement signaling cascade and is present in microglia. This study elucidates CD11B's role in the response to optic nerve injury. In wild-type and CD11B knockout mice, unilateral optic nerve crush was performed. Cholera toxin B was used to visualize axons and phagocytosis. Immunocytochemistry, Western blotting, and RTQPCR were used to measure protein and mRNA expression. In wild-type mice after optic nerve crush, CD11B is significantly elevated in microglia near the site of the injury. In CD11B knockout mice after crush, microglia showed enhanced phagocytosis of axon debris. This effect was found to be due to increased IGF-1 expression, which leads to preservation of intact axons after injury. The authors conclude that through an IGF-1-mediated mechanism, CD11B loss promotes microglia phagocytosis and reduces axonal degradation. They project that CD11B inhibition may provide a neuroprotective effect in optic nerve trauma, and this may be generalizable to other central nerve injuries. Thanks for listening. And to learn more about The Lens, you can follow us on Twitter at thelens underscore O-P-H. Be sure to visit our website at www.lensophthalmology.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters and view the full summary of this week's newsletter.